Hi, everyone. Welcome to the You Collective Pathmaker podcast. You Collective is an open platform democratizing the voice of individuals with achievement and impact. And today, I'm so happy to have a DT Kular to be with us and share her journey with us. Aditi, welcome to You Collective Pathmaker podcast. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me today. So let's start with the first question, which is: Tell us about your path so far. I would love to describe my path, and I, before I do that, I do want to start with where I think I am right now. So I'm working as a research engineer at Two Sigma, which is one of the systematic investment managers based in New York City. I absolutely love what I do, and I'm, I'm about to complete five years with this company. Um, but I did not directly get there. It was really a whirlwindy path, and there were loads and loads of learning and milestones all al- along the way. And Joyce, I must say that I was one of the lucky few going back when I was 11 years old.、Um, I knew that I was always interested in computer science, so I started、uh, by learning this one of the old languages called Logo, and was fascinated by how、um, this pointer on on my computer screen would do exactly what. I would tell him to do, and be it the code that I'm writing, be it the mistakes that I'm coding in, it would it would just follow the instructions. And it wasn't just that I knew that I was interested in computers; I also had the awareness that if I am interested in computers, I do want to pursue that when I grow up. So、uh, with that awareness, I think I、uh, pursued my bachelor's in computer science. Uh, from one of the schools in India, New Delhi,、um, and one of the first jobs that I got was in Oracle Systems, which is a huge organization,、uh, organization full of software engineers,、um, and that was really the first time when I saw in production how code and data interact.、Um, In this job, which I ended up doing for almost two years, I was writing software to move data around between different database systems. These can be、um, SQL database systems or not so ra-、uh, relational database systems as well. But I remember very clearly that towards the end of those two years, which is like the first job that I have after my undergraduate degree. After the end of two years, I remember sitting in front of my computer, literally in tears, thinking that there's so much more that I want to do. There's so much more that I can possibly do as well.、Um, but then, the hiccup came: that how do I convince my parents, my Indian parents, who were really happy with with the stream of income that I have? A, Solid, secure stream of income that's coming in. How do I convince them that parents, I am gonna quit this job and move on to doing something more than just like sitting in front of a computer and coding、uh, and moving data around, which was also very interesting and probably even one of the dream jobs for people who were graduating、um, uh, right after under under graduation.、Um, it. it Took some time and and telling them what my dreams or aspirations or capabilities at that time were, but eventually, without another second job in hand, I actually ended up quitting that, and tried to understand what is it that I want to do next. 
And I was lucky enough to stumble upon this program that uh, is uh, offered by Chicago Booth. This is a summer scholars program where I thought was a great idea to kind of just go there for two months, uh, explore not just the city, but also get an understanding of whether like an MBA at this point, now that I have like two years of experience under my belt, um, MBA at this point and the investment in MBA kind of makes sense. Um, and I'm so glad that I took that step, went all the way from New Delhi, which is quite tropical, uh, to Chicago, which is complete different um, weather-wise. Weather I came here, and I'm so glad that I took that decision because I came out of those two months realizing that MBA wasn't something that I wanted to do as the next step. But not only that, I actually also ended up meeting a Chicago Booth alum who was starting his own startup and already had like four to five member team. So he was super excited to have me on board and he was like, I love your energy. I, I love the uh, technical background that you have. I feel like you can contribute a lot. And, and that kind of boosted me um, into taking my next step, which ended up being at a startup as I mentioned, like five to six people start up at that time. Um, and where I got to wear like multiple different hats, not just developing code in front of a computer, but also testing it, uh, presenting in, uh, in front of the VCs uh, about the product that we have developed. So that gave me an idea of how you can take an idea in your mind to the whiteboard first, then you're brainstorming with your team members and actually launching and presenting it um, to, to the customers and the venture capital um, investors who are interested in investing in your company. So it was it was very different coming from an 80,000 software engineering um, company, which is Oracle, to this atmosphere. And naturally, because this gave me a very higher level view into the different aspects of running a business, I also got an understanding of which part of that business is kind of attracting me. And one of that that uh, stood out to me and based on which I took my next step was how data was being used to make amazing decisions, um, amazing business decisions, and not just using your hunches um, to drive the next steps of the company. So once the product, which I was working on at that time, got acquired by a bigger competitor, I uh, moved on and started pursuing my master's in computer science from uh, UIUC. That is where Two Sigma found me, and, and it has been an incredible five-year journey with them so far. So that, that's been my path choice. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, it's uh, quite remarkable, um, and a you know, we'll talk more about uh, uh, self-discovery uh, and the opportunities that came along the way. Um, you know, it's it's one thing that opportunities kind of found you, um, but it's also another where uh, you you had the courage to pursue what you believe uh, are the right things for you or things that you are passionate about. Whether it's moving from uh, New Delhi to Chicago, as you said, very different places, to uh, a much smaller company where you took on multiple different roles. How did you find the courage or what gives you the courage to uh, find these pathways and um, 
you know, just act on them? That's a wonderful question. And it's, it's something that I have thought about often with every professional step. I won't say that I've taken loads of them, but I feel like I have enough uh, experiences under my belt to kind of guide me uh, in my future steps. But this is a question that I have often come back to, like, what is it that's really driving me? Where is this courage coming from? So I was actually able to think that early on, it was very different. So early on, it was just a very childlike confidence that I had in myself that I'm special and I'm, I'm just like made to do more. And you know what, this was primarily being driven by what parents tell their children, right? Um, that you are special, you're made to do more and so on and so forth. And, and I feel like everybody is special, but to me at that time, I actually took it to heart and kind of just took a leap of faith in myself that yes, I can do more. But now I think it has kind of, slightly changed into thinking and and something that I meditate on daily that I am here on this planet I feel I'm here for a reason for a purpose to contribute and create impact in whatever small way is possible that that, that's a mantra that I kind of repeat to myself uh, daily now what that purpose is for oneself that can be very different but I make an effort to realign my actions and intentions every day during uh, a meditation session um, or, or just like being conscious about whatever step that I'm taking and how is it aligning with, um, with, with my intentions. Then the other thing that I feel I find myself often doing is reminding myself that I have to focus on the present and not really dreaming too much about the future or regretting all the mistakes that I might have committed in the past. So these are the, the two tricks that I've kind of used to train my mind, to control my mind, to slowly and slowly uh, give me the courage and strength to move towards my goals, so to say. No, that's excellent. And uh, I, I'm sure there are um, many challenges that you have encountered uh, throughout this journey so far that, uh, you know, many people um, have not faced because they have not had this kind of experience or journey. Um, maybe it's the same question as the question about courage, but tackle it from a different side. And so... Um, how do you deal with self-doubt, um, especially when others may, may be doubting you or may have a particular perception uh, about your capability because you're in the process of building out your capabilities and you're in the process of contributing and making impact? That's an interesting question. And, and um, I feel like doubt in general, whether it's coming from yourself or from others, is a great tool to have, but should not be overused. Now, what do I mean by that? So you talked about how do how do I, how do how does one work with uh, other people doubting your, you? Um, so the way I think about it is 
one has to realize that there will be doubters in your life no matter what, right? Um, and I try to kind of balance that out by having a lot of people around me, be it in the form of family or be it in the form of my close friends, who truly believe in me. So once you have that balancing scale in your life and you can see that there are really people who are cheering you on, that's where you try and start focusing your energy on. And then when you have a doubter come in, be it in the form of uh, somebody at work or somebody outside of work, I think of it as a checkpoint in my career path. Now, what do I mean by checkpoint? So checkpoint is a pause that I kind of consciously take where I not only refuel myself for the next lap, right? Doubters can actually refuel you too, but also recalibrate whether or rethink that I'm truly, am I truly on the right track, right? And so I think those are the two aspects. One, having people around you that truly believe in you and are cheering you on. Well, and you, you find those people by cheering others on truly and genuinely. And that's when you find your cohort of people who who are invested in you as much as you're invested in them. So keeping those people around you and then thinking of doubters, as I mentioned, as checkpoints to refuel and rethink whether you're actually on the right track. Now, if I switch the gears a little bit and talk about not just others doubting, but you yourself doubting, because doubt can come in, in the form of you yourself doubting as well. Uh, there's a slightly different uh, approach, or actually similar to think about it, approach that, that I take. A lot of people say, when you have self-doubt, you just fake it till you make it. And that's a great strategy, and it has worked for a lot of people. But unfortunately, it 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 didn't really work for me when I tried that. I kept on finding myself going to the old thought patterns that oh, I'm I'm probably not good enough, and I'm just like faking it. It didn't give me the substance or the confidence that I needed. So what I instead did when I have when I have um, these self doubt moments is really envisioning what my goal is. And breaking that down into tiny bits of tasks, like really tiny bits of tasks that are achievable. And then when I start achieving those small tasks, really celebrating them and not forgetting that you've been achieving all those milestones, small milestones that you um, put, put down for yourself. Now, I think of myself as an overthinker. It is not, it is not a superpower. It can be very uh, paralyzing, paralyzing. And when I am an overthinker and I'm thinking about multiple things which can put me down and, and there is doubts in my mind whether I can better really achieve something, it really helps when you have um, a, one close friend, be it your partner or your best friend with whom you can sit down and that person can really pick up the mirror in front of your face and show you that this is where you are. So you get really real with them about um, where exactly are you on your journey to get to where you want to go. Um, 
and this aspect of being completely honest and vulnerable with those people, whoever that might be in your life, for me, it's my best friend than me and my husband, Akshay. Once you do that, you're able to find the strength to move on and take the right steps to find the gap that has been missing to, and has been stopping you to make those steps. So, yeah. Those I, are, I, yeah, wonderful advice. And I think... Um, you know, what you shared is relevant for everybody, whether it's for high school students or uh, early career professionals, career changers, uh, people who have worked in industry for many years and they're considering different options. I, I think the advice that you've given is excellent. So uh, perhaps let's shift gears and uh, talk about... Uh, I know an area that you're you're passionate about, uh, well, one of the areas you're passionate about, which is data science. So for our general audience, um, how would you describe data science to individuals interested in this field? Uh, yes, this is definitely a field I'm very passionate about. And to be honest, it's a very difficult one to um capture in a sentence or two and define in a sentence or two but I'll, I'll take I'll take a stab at it um, interestingly like everybody in the industry seem to have their own definition of what like data science is and their understanding of data science is however there are some common threads that connect all of those understandings in my opinion and to understand that thread let's Look at what science, the word science means. Data science is made of two words, data and science. So what is science? Science is nothing but organized and systematic study of a natural or physical world uh, by watching it and experimenting with it, right? Now, when you organize, when you do like organized and systematic study using data, it becomes data science. And the fascinating part is, that world is still discovering what the new forms of data and the devices that that generate data are. So much like the data is evolving, data science is also evolving. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, industry to be a part of. And I am fortunate enough to stumble upon it and, and uh, ride that wave. Great. And um, and then, you know, as we shift from kind of the data science field to uh, the, the area of technology called AI, um, what are one of the two areas in AI that you as a practitioner uh, are personally interested in? Yeah, so I am presently working in this field called NLP, which stands for Natural Language Processing. I am I'm quite fascinated and quite uh, passionate about pursuing it, essentially because I think of it as a technology that bridges the gap between human and machine like nothing else. So you have these devices called Alexa and Google Home where like the technology is now available to the masses. So NLP, I feel, um, 
where you're trying to make a computer understand what a human is saying, whether in the written form or in the verbal form, just like you and I are talking, imagine the computer is also understanding what we are talking about. So NLP is definitely a field that fascinates me and presently I'm applying it in the financial domain. But if, if I dive deeper and kind of give you the second one, which, which really um, uh, is close to my heart is, I feel like AI ha also has a huge power to affect the field of mental health. Now, I'm not sure that we have any applications or um, startups for that matter that are hugely impactful. I'm, I'm sure there are some that are sprouting up now, but I feel like AI has the capacity to affect that field in the next coming years um, and not just like come up with the diagnosis and treatment for mental, mental health um, issues, but also to a large extent change how we perceive the disorders themselves. So I know it's kind of different from my first answer, which was NLP, but something that I hold close to my heart is like, how can AI really help mental health and mental health issues, especially like starting from defining what those issues are, uh, coming up with some diagnosis and treatment, and then also changing the perception of people um, of these mental health issues. So yeah, these are the two things. No, that's wonderful. And uh, I think it's great that uh, you, you bring up uh, both an area that relate to uh, what you're focusing on now uh, professionally, but also uh, AI and mental health, where uh, it will be interesting to see with the rise of um, you know, digital health data and other kinds of data, how we can make strides in, in the area that you're describing uh, in some detail here. Um, let's talk about uh, giving advice. So, um, you know, one of the things that I learned is that, um, you know, people have to be exposed to what might be possible in order for them to see what they could potentially achieve themselves. And many individuals don't necessarily have the network or the resource or the parents or the friends to help them learn um, how to get into an area or how to think about career uh, or uh, personal development in general. So I'm going to break this question into two parts. Uh, the first question or first part of the question is um, specific to data science. So if you have advice for high school students or college students, you know, many of whom are studying data science or are thinking about this field called data science, what advice would you give them? It's interesting because I recently was talking to my cousin brother uh, who is in high school and he was asking me for advice. So I have that one ready for you, Joyce. Um, the... The one thing that, I, in fact, I would have told my younger self this too, and I think I did not do justice to actually going ahead and doing it, uh, but I'm practicing that now, and that is prototype. If you learn a new concept in AI, in data science, you learn a new technology, you learn a new way of doing things, uh, pick up your laptop and 
just code up the simplest prototype possible for that concept and share it. Now, the thing is, when you're prototyping, you're very likely to fail. And there is a lot of fear which is present in especially like high school students and and in fact even when you grow up one of the reasons why we are unable to take that step to prototype and like create that minimum viable product is because we are we are afraid of failing but the thing is it's only when you fail that you realize and you learn more probably even more so that you would have learned if the project was actually successful. So just, just keep your apprehensions about failing aside and prototype whatever like new concept that you've learned um, in, in your AI class or, or data science class for that matter. Um, so yeah, that, that that's one big, big takeaway that I wish like I would have done more of it. Let's say that I learned about um, random forests, so to say, um, just taking up a data set and going ahead and training up a new model and seeing what random forest is actually uh, predicting the category to be. So I think that gives getting your hands dirty makes you learn in ways which like just going through theory doesn't really um, help you like retain that knowledge for a long time. No, that's excellent advice. Uh... So, you know, prototype, and that actually goes to like a general life advice, right? Uh, as well as that we, uh, we may fail at different points, but we learn from mistakes. And you actually talked about that earlier uh, when you're describing your journey. Um, so to a broader question, uh, it, it, you know, I talked to a lot of folks who, uh, whether they are just out of college or they have worked in industry for, for a period of time or they're just curious about something else. And, and the question is, okay, how do I kind of be that path maker, right, for, for myself? Uh, because it's hard, as we talked about here, uh, finding your own path and, and so forth. If you had some advice for other path makers out there, what would it be? I... I think I might I might have uh, I I thought that I'll give you one one for this one, but I might throw in two. Let's see. Um, so if there was something that I want like people to really think about when they're quote unquote working on their own path, is like to focus on the path itself, right? You are essentially creating the path. What ends up happening is as people who are really goal oriented, we start taking this validation from uh, successes and failures. And when it's a success, we are super happy about it. When it's a failure, we are like so dejected that it becomes difficult to come up with what we are doing next and what are like take, really take away the learnings from that failure. So one of the biggest advice that I can give um, and something that I repeat to myself um, and try to implement on my daily basis is like really making sure that I'm focusing on the path itself and the kind of person that I'm becoming in that path uh, rather than focusing on what my professional achievements or like successes and failures were. It's a very difficult task, especially for all those go-getters out there who know that why they're doing something and they want to achieve something by some idea of uh, timeline that they have set for themselves. But it's it's really beneficial and, and foundational if we are able to focus just on the path and 
create and take steps from there. Um, the other one that I do want to give out there is when when somebody is taking or changing careers or changing the next step, uh, taking the next step in their career, one thing that I have personally done very extensively is thinking about the experience from the past that they're bringing to the next thing that they want to pursue. Now, why is that important? When you think about your experience from the past and you connect it with how that relates, I'm not saying that that should relate completely and 100% to what you're doing next, but find that connection or the skill set or the personality that you picked up from your past experience and connect it with your future. And that I like to think of um, as the string of, the string that is holding the pearls on your necklace together. So making sure you understand why you're taking the next step and how your past kind of connects to the next one helps you build this like um, story in your own mind. Like, why am I taking the steps that I'm taking and, and, and actually building on building and creating something fabulous for yourself. Aditi, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Um, I learned so much just from talking with you. And, uh, you know, you said some great things. And I hope other pathmakers and the the broad audience of You Collective podcast here would also appreciate it. Um, and uh, we look forward to all the amazing accomplishments, uh, accomplishments and impacts that you will make. And uh, thank you again, uh, for sharing your perspective. Thank you. Thank. It was my pleasure, Joyce. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me this opportunity today.